You're listening to the Coast Watch Podcast, proudly brought to you by Tonic Polarised Eyewear. See what you're missing. Here's your host, Dave Gramble, and remember, don't destroy what you came to enjoy. G'day guys, welcome to this week's Coast Watch Podcast. I thought I'd try something a little bit different this week, and rather than doing an interview, I thought I'd read one of the articles I wrote for Fish Life magazine a few years ago about bait and switch fishing for marlin. Hope you enjoy. It's 4pm. You've been trolling all day and haven't even looked like getting a bite. You've got a full spread of lures and teasers splashing and bubbling away and you're in your favourite honey hole where you know the marlin live. The only crew member who is still awake eyeballs you with a look of disdain that says, I could do better. But just as you think about pointing the bow for home, all hell breaks loose. There he is, on the left, you scream down at the dozing crew. Finally, a lit up marlin has entered the pattern and begins to terrorise your plastic offerings. He appears on the short rigger at first, then pops up behind the long flat line. He looks like he's going to eat, but then spots the short flat line and has to check out that as well. He has a half hour swipe at that before disappearing. Just as your heart sinks, the marlin piles on the long rigger and you're on. Once again, the adrenaline is surging through your veins as the crew clear the gear. As the last lure comes over the transom and you're about to give chase, the marlin jumps high into the air in head-shaking fury and you watch as your lure goes flying through the air and the line goes slack. He's gone. You sink into the helm chair and your stomach churns as you realise that was probably your one chance of success for the day. Marlin fishing is indeed an emotional roller coaster. If the above scenario sounds familiar and you reckon there has to be a better way to convert more bites into captures, then listen on because there is. I'm going to talk about the method commonly known as bait and switch. However, a better description would be tease and bait. Whichever way it is, this style of fishing is particularly effective on billfish. Bait and switch is not new, and there have been many articles written about the subject. Like most techniques, everyone has their own styles, but over the last several years, I've continually improved my systems to the point where I can guarantee you will catch more billfish following the methods mentioned here than trolling a traditional lure pattern with hooks. The first thing you and the crew need to get right if you want to successfully bait and switch for billfish is your mindset. If the whole crew isn't 100% committed to the procedure or wants to sleep half the day, then you might as well stop listening now. It might not sound like a big deal, but anyone who has done their fair share of marlin fishing knows that it's a psychological game. Putting lures out without hooks does mess with some people's heads and they don't fully believe in the process. Like most sports, confidence plays a vital role in marlin fishing, so being confident in your technique is lesson number one. The standard troll pattern for most marlin boats is four to five lines and maybe a couple of teasers. This more is better mentality is one of the first things you'll need to remove from your mindset if you're going to be successful at bait and switch. 
Well, having several lines out might be a good plan if you stumble across a school of yellowfin tuna and want to fill the freezer. With billfish are your target, it's not required. Billfish are naturally inquisitive and they will see the boat wake long before they see the lures. Consequently, it doesn't matter if you have five lures out or one lure out, they will still come and have a look. The big learning curve regarding bait and switch for me came while riding along with some of the world's best fly fishing crews. These guys only ever towed two teasers and consequently raised just as many billfish as boats nearby with full spreads. What these fly anglers taught me about teasing billfish was extraordinary. If you can convince a marlin to eat a bunch of tinsel and synthetic fibres, then it can't be too hard to get one to eat a nice, juicy, slimy mackerel, can it? I've spent many days at sea with Dean Butler chasing world record billfish for renowned fly angler Tom Evans. Dean is a master when it comes to teasing billfish, and by watching him I was able to convert his techniques to suit conventional bait and switch fishing methods. My standard pattern consists of just two lures run from the outriggers, but in fairly short outrigger positions. They obviously have no hooks in them and are run on short and fairly heavy leaders. The reason for the short leader is it must be able to be wound out of the water. It is no good if your snap swivel is in the rod tip and the lure is still in the water. I'll explain why later. As far as lures go, just pick your two favourite lures that you normally catch the most fish on. Remember, it's about confidence, so you must believe in those lures will do the job. While it's not essential, I do, however, favour soft-headed lures for bait and switch and have been known to use a belly strip of mahi-mahi or tuna inside the lure for a little bit of extra flavour. Towing two teasers, I like to have four people on the boat. One person on each teaser, one angler, and of course the captain. If you only have three people on board, then the angler can pitch the bait after he has cleared one teaser. If you have a helm teaser and it makes you feel more confident, then it is quite okay for the captain to run a third teaser. But just make sure he can retrieve it in a hurry while calling the shots on what the fish is doing. Having a boat with a flybridge or tower for extra vision is helpful but not essential. I regularly fish from a 7.2 metre Kevlar cap which has a single level deck and helm and we catch plenty using this method. Unlike fly fishing there is no need to run your teasers from teaser poles. Any hefty rod and quality overhead reel with plenty of drag will do the job as a teaser pole for conventional bait and switch. I just use two 37 kilo chair rods and leave them in the covering boards. That way anyone can wind it in. Just make sure the outfit is strong enough to pull the teaser away from the fish you are targeting. The next thing to decide is what line class to fish and whether you will pitch live or dead bait. The beauty of bait and switch is you can have several outfits baited and ready to go. So you can match the line class to the size of the fish once you raise him. Obviously it takes a bit of experience to call the size of the fish as he is eating the teaser, but you can certainly tell the difference between a 50 kilo fish and a 300 kilo fish and pitch an appropriate line class. That's why this method is so popular with anglers chasing records. 
In my home waters, we have two distinct fisheries, which we differentiate as light tackle and heavy tackle. The light tackle grounds inshore are where we catch our juvenile black marlin and sailfish, and we generally pitch live yellowtail or slimy mackerel on eight kilo lime class. The heavy tackle fishery is on or beyond the continental shelf where blue marlin are the target species with the odd striped marlin encounter as well. Here we would have dead baits rigged on 24 kilo outfit for blues under 180 kilos and 37 kilo outfit for anything bigger. We would also have a live bait rigged on a 15 kilo outfit in case we raise a stripe. Experience has taught me that blues prefer dead baits and stripes prefer liveys. Techniques don't really change between light tackle and heavy tackle, but they do change between live bait and dead bait. So I'll explain the differences here as it is a minor but important change. Let's assume the first fish you raise is a juvenile black marlin and you're going to pitch a live bait. You're trolling along at your normal lure speed based on your boat, sea conditions and lure type, so they're working perfectly. A marlin comes up on the left teaser. Whoever is looking after the right teaser should immediately get it out of the water. Notice I said out of the water. If you remember earlier, I mentioned the importance of having short leaders. This is because if the teaser is still dangling in the water, a teased up marlin will often try and eat that instead of your bait. Back to the marlin on the left teaser. There is no super rush to get this lure out of the water. In fact, you almost have to make yourself slow down. It is quite okay for the marlin to eat the teaser, but you do want to keep it coming towards the boat. You'll find that the marlin will get more aggressive with each swipe of the lure and most likely follow the teaser all the way to the boat. If you remove the teaser from the water, the angler should pitch the bait with the reel in free spool and the boat should be taken out of gear. A bit of boat momentum will get the bait a short distance from the back of the boat where the marlin should be waiting. All going well, the marlin will scoff your live offering and it's simply a matter of slowly increasing the drag and letting that circle hook lock into the corner of the draw. There are a couple of points worth recapping in this scenario that are very important. By removing the second teaser, in the water, I have found the marlin become very focused on that one lure and generally more aggressive, which is in contrast to when you troll a full spread and the marlin won't commit to one because he is thinking about eating them all. That's a lot of thinking for a fish with a little brain. The other important factor in our live bait scenario was we didn't pitch the bait too early. This is a very common mistake. In the excitement of raising a fish, the angler often pitches the bait and free spills it back as you are teasing the fish. By the time you have completed the tease, the marlin is circling at the transom looking for a feed and your live bait is 100 metres back. Remember with live bait, don't pitch until the last second. So now we are heavy tackle fishing and we've raised a blue. Everything about the tease is the same, but because it's a dead bait, the angler can pitch the bait at any time and get it skipping about 10 metres behind the boat. As the teasers come over the side, you're also going to keep the boat moving ahead rather than going into neutral like you did with the live bait. We want the dead bait to skip and once again it is paramount 
that all teasers are out of the water and the only thing left is your hooked bait. When that blue marlin spins around as he loses sight of the teaser, I can tell you that the going away bite on your skipping slimy is generally nothing short of monumental. It's head and shoulders out of the water as he engulfs your bait. You can use circle hooks on dead baits too, but because it is such a fast and aggressive bite from a teased up blue, I prefer a J-hook. The blues eat so hard that I believe they hook themselves with jaw pressure. <clears throat> Once you got him on, you can give chase immediately and there is no gear to clear. This generally means you can stay right with the fish and all those cool jumps that he does at the start of the fight are right next to the boat instead of 300 metres out where no one can see him, let alone take a decent photo. Yep, switch baiting is great for photography also. And because he never got a heap of line out or went down and sulked, you invariably catch the fish quicker and in much better condition. We often have blues jumping on the leader when caught this way, which is far less common with a fish caught on a lure with similar tackle. If fishing wind on leaders, you can tag him off the rod tip without even grabbing the leader if you want. This allows you to use lighter gauge hooks that generally set better. Once he's tagged, you can yank on the leader to straighten the hook and bra or break the leader or simply cut him off. No need to deal with him boat side while you try and retrieve a lure, which can often result in damage to the fish, the boat or the crew. Obviously, I'm a big fan of bait and switch, but I've done the hard yards to know in the long run you end up in front. Don't get me wrong, it's still marlin fishing and you won't catch every fish you see. Some simply won't tease, but this is where getting that mindset right is so important. There's no point doing your head in by asking yourself if that fish that swiped at the lure didn't tease would have been caught if the lure had hooks in it. It's best to just move on, knowing you'll be better off in the long term. Most traditional lure trollers I speak to are pretty happy if they catch 50% of the marlin they get bites out of. I've kept pretty accurate logs of our bait and switch fishing, and our conversion rate is closer to 80%. There are indeed days I've been outfished by the guys fishing lures with hooks, but over the year, the stats tell a different story. Well, there we go guys hope uh, you got something out of that and uh, you like this format of podcast we'll catch you on the next one and don't destroy what you came to enjoy <laughs>